Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. And uh, we are in the last week of February, and uh, I do want to apologize for the late release on this episode. I was horribly sick with what I thought was the coronavirus, but it was just a a flu, because I'm a big baby. And uh, because I was sick, I did have my good, good buddy and one of the best AV slash sound guys in the game, Kevin Crasco. He's covered for me before, and he did so yet again, and uh, excellently, I might add. And uh, he filled in for me by talking to these really, really funny comics. Les was still there, as always. And uh, our guest today was a major headliner, Mary Ellen Hooper. Very, very funny comic, very prestigious comedian. And uh, we also had Billy Ray Bauer, who was opening for. And I really think that you guys are going to enjoy this one. They just went on a tear. And we're talking about all sorts of freaking hilarious stuff. So uh, please, 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 I hope you enjoy this one. And uh, as always, go to our website, mccurdyscomedy.com, for all of our upcoming shows and events. We got a lot of great uh, acts coming up. And uh, please give it up for Mary Ellen Hooper and Billy Ray Bauer. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> All right. This is Les McCarty. It's the conversation. We're in the green room uh, with uh, Mary Ellen Hooper. Say hello. Th- that's distinctively <laughs> her. And uh, there won't be anybody else sounds like her. And Billy Ray Bauer. Howdy. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. There you go. And Brett Leak just left. He'll be back in a minute. Kevin is over here running everything. He might chime hello. in. And uh, so I-, I-, I was telling you, Mary Ellen, this... Uh, that um, first of all, we uh, built this theater out four and a half years ago since because it was the old theater since you've been here. The the first, yeah. well, not the first one, actually, the second one, but the first one that was a real comedy club. And uh, so, this was really nice to get this downtown location and be able to build everything out just the way we want it. Well, and, I'll see. Because the, you know the other one was next to a Goodwill and I could shop. It was. It was. Well, you know, actually, I could pick up an outfit for the show. When, when we were when we were moving it, we were building everything out. Uh, I was talking to Caroline Ray. I was, t- and she was she was like, I don't I don't know. She goes, you know, there's just something about a nice new place that just don't work for comedy. It needs to be a little funky. Yeah, but it's it looks funky. It looks like you've been here yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I got hopes. I'm high, high it, hopes. It could be good. It could be good. So anyway, yeah. So we're it's it's fun, and we got the 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 two camera shoot back there, which we'll utilize tonight for the little interview afterwards okay. off the clock, and Billy Ray's going to do that with us, and that goes out live uh, on uh, YouTube, and then we archive it, but. We generally, and Kevin's usually back there adjusting, but don't, don't we generally leave the cameras just running all the time? Yeah. yeah. We, we, years, I mean, you know, we'll tell people, you know, if you really want us to turn them off, we will. We don't keep anything. We, he, he trashes everything in a, once a month. But it's like we go, what if that moment happens? <laughs> You know, and that, in this day and time, you're well, like, oh, shit, I wish somebody had the dad come. And lawsuits. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it could somebody, be surveillance video. Exactly at right. Point, it could be exactly uh, right. Uh, somebody evidence. takes a swing at somebody on stage. Yeah. Right. Evidence during a criminal trial. Right. 
But generally, more of the comics have come off stage after a certain set and gone, did you get that? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, you always mm-hmm. love that if that happens. Oh, exactly. How many times have you gone, D- you did get that? No. Oh, oh right. No. Well, how many times when you plan on taping oh, it, yeah. you just, it yeah. just, you, you, the best laid plans. And you get the, I know. You get the funky crowd or something, and you're like, ah, oh, it's, it's a big yeah. jinx. So to have it running all the time, you're not jinxed. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, like if you were to hire somebody to come out, then yeah, it's not right, good. Right, And you know, nowadays with the technology being so inexpensive, you know, you can have nice stuff for, you yeah. know, not Well, well you know, Mark Ridley watches via the cloud. He watches shows from the castle in Detroit down in, here in Sarasota. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he turns on every Wednesday, I think, and watch. He's more ambitious than I am, you know. <laughs> I just... I, I told Mark, I said, I said, see, the difference between you and I is, is trust. <laughs> you have no trust. No. <laughs> no. Exactly. But no, yeah. He said, he said with his, yeah. I think his camera, his cameras are definitely better than mine, but he can zoom in and read the check on their table. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And you can, and the other thing is with most of these cameras now, you can hear conversation. So, that may not be a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So your staff. <laughs> hey, that didn't show and... up on the comment card. <laughs> what the hell? That's hilarious. So anyway, but back to earlier, you mentioned uh, yes, I'll pick you up for radio. Okay, we're, morning. I love. I haven't yeah. been doing. I haven't done radio in a while because I've been working on the cruise ship. They don't have radio. Right. <laughs> and I'll bet you the station. The the guy who's going to interview you interviewed you years ago when you were here. Uh-huh. Uh, David Jones, because we've been bringing the comics on for over 25 yeah, years with fun. him, and uh, and they just got a new studio with video cameras. So they're it's video and audio now. It's all right because they're streaming it on the net. Yeah. Uh, exactly. See, in the olden days, I didn't have to put on makeup to exactly. do radio. <laughs> now I have to do my hair. You don't have to. Well, you, you hmm. go. I don't want people laughing at me. <laughs> Put a rider in your contract to, to, to obscure your face. Right. There, there you go. go. Filtered. Filtered. Well, good. Yeah, we'll do that. And then we'll go to breakfast? Yes. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Now, are the, uh, 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 is the family with you now, or are they coming, or are they not coming? or? Well, best laid plans yes. again. Yeah. Uh, turns out they're not coming because they have a huge field trip tomorrow. They're oh. going to SeaWorld, um, which I'm against because, you know, the yep. whole blackfish uh-huh. thing. But, you know, what am I going to do? We're vegetarians, and yesterday my son comes home and he goes, Hey, Mom, guess what we did? We cut open a sheep's heart. And I'm like, Hey, dude, you're a vegetarian. <laughs> and he goes, Well, I didn't eat it. <laughs> About Wait it. a I'm minute! Like, what are they doing? Are they doing sacrifices? Are these people I, devil worshippers? Sheep's heart. I mean, do you remember we used to do frogs? Yes. Like a little tiny, and yes. I and I let them go, and oh no, my vegetarian son's cutting open a sheep's heart. Are are they, are they, are they, prayers not allowed in school, but but <laughs> Satan worships. Apparently, you can be a druid. Apparently, that's what perfectly grade, okay. What grade is doing sheep's hearts? Ninth grade. Oh, okay. Well, there All you right. go. That, that, yeah, it seems like the kind of side activity you'd want a ninth grader doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> just to keep them, just to keep them amply occupied. You know, it's like how do you how do you keep a ninth grader focused? We're gonna kill an animal tomorrow and then dissect it. I'm oh in. yeah, I'm in. <laughs> oh man, 
as long as we're not eating them. Because my mom would be mad then. I'm not even going to take my Adderall tomorrow. I think this will be great. Well, look who just wandered in, Ron Modell. Ron Modell, this is Billy Ray, this is Mary Allen. Hey, how are you? Hey, Ron. Also hey, one honey. of our local comedians. And, how are you? Uh, so, uh, You're looking hey. snappy, dressing with oh, the yeah. little sweater. We, like we, we, we didn't even do this. <laughs> we didn't even call each other. Uh-huh. I didn't know you were going in the blue sweater. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, uh, if you want, grab that microphone right there if you want to talk. You got to go pee first. There you go. It's a good thing he whispered Watch that. Don't trip. What is that, Les? Is What's, that the ramp for Yeah, for, for Brett. Okay. Yes, the ramp for Brett. That's a nice uh, one. It is. Actually, uh, I, um, um, I asked Brett. You didn't get that at Goodwill. No. <laughs> when I asked Brett, I said, what do you use when I was had to have one? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the ADA rules were, were crazy. I mean, oh, yeah. literally, you have to have a foot of ramp for every inch of elevation so oh my god that's math see it, so it, the ramp yeah. is back out <laughs> no <laughs> if you had to ramp this stage it, it yeah. would have to it would go all the way to the back of the room it would be crazy yeah and uh so uh i chat with brett his point he's the only wheelchair guy we have uh, he goes, oh, I got a portable one. And this thing folds right up. It's a little heavy, but it's Well, it's part of his act now, perfect. doesn't it? He does yeah. a jump now, like, a, like an evil Knievel. Oh, right, thing. right. <laughs> but actually, we have access. Before I had this, we have access to a lift. You know, if well, I you've really, never had uh, Chris Fonseca? Never had Chris. Oh, he's great. Oh, I know he so is, fun. but I, is he still? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He works a lot. Yeah, he's out in Denver. I mean, oh, you okay. got the ramp. You might as well get the higher the disabled guy. Oh, I know Chris. For, I mean, I know of Chris. He wrote one of the, my favorite jokes of all time, he's, that joke where he says, do you suppose the guy who invented the vibrator heard a voice in his ear that said, build it and they will come? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was working with him in Texas. Or he lives out there. And it was at the top of a... A parking garage right and and we had to park down and we're trying to get up and I'm pushing his wheelchair and he weighs twice as much as me and I'm behind him going this is not my rider Chris yeah. you know help me oh, man. and it, I and I almost tripped and he almost went flying back behind me. and see he's got MS right mm-hmm. he's got muscle sclerosis Brett has muscular dystrophy which people right. totally get the two yeah. mixed up, right. you know. But Brett, years ago, uh, there was a club over in Cocoa Beach. And I didn't know who, I was headlined, I know who my middle act is, boom, it's Brett. Oh okay. Gosh. Now this is back when Brett was still, was walking. Right. You know, right? So we get there, the stage is literally seven feet off the ground and the only access to the stage is a staircase that's you know four steps up that you know like each step is a foot high you know and we're sitting there the girl and sweet girl that owned it Debbie but we're like what were you thinking she goes I didn't it just didn't occur to me yeah and so we're sitting there thinking well Brett's gonna have to work on the floor and I and I said, well, you, and like with Brett, you can't, I said, can I piggyback you? But you can't grab them. 
You right. know what no, I mean? Because yeah. you can hurt them if you grab them. Mm -hmm. He said, well, he goes, if I can just lay over your back, like if you can get into a squat and I can just <laughs> lay over your back, and you, because he, he doesn't weigh a whole lot. And we didn't have phones with photos. No. And so <laughs> every night, check this out, every night, host would do his thing. Then I would carry Brett up the stairs in, I would stand in front of the mic. I would stand up straight. He would slide off and be standing. Oh my God. I'd move away, get the mic in front of him. You good? Great. Then he'd finish. I'd go up, get him on my back. It's a firefighter. Yes. Firefighter carry. The firefighter. Yeah. Bring him down the stairs, through the audience. People are high-fiving him, <laughs> you know, as he's on my back. Oh, my right? gosh. And then they introduce me. Nobody knows. And then you're the headliner. And then oh, here I hilarious. come. Yeah. And I would always, uh, I, I'd always start the show with that. I said, well, I said, when Debbie booked me at this thing, she told me I had to carry the show. <laughs> I still had to do 20 more minutes. I had no idea. That's <laughs> hilarious. I had to carry the show. Literally. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I oh. had a, I, um, I love this charity, uh, Canine Companions for Independence. Oh, yeah. They train the, the dogs to help people with disabilities and so I had raised a lot of money for the local chapter in Colorado and so they saw that I was coming out so they spread the word and they wanted to um, support me because I support them well the comedy works is in the basement right with no access so all of a sudden the owner looks out and sees like a line around the block of wheelchairs and dogs and they're looking at me going what have you done oh. what have you done so the same thing. They had to carry all the guy, the door guys had to carry the wheelchairs down. How did they get away with that? Well, they didn't. They, yeah. Yeah. Was, then oh, they called. If they had gotten caught, they would have been in trouble. Yeah. So yeah. the people obviously were upset, and they called on it. So needless to say, I've never worked that club again. Oh. <laughs> I've never been there again. See, I don't even know how she ever got her doors open because it was a while ago. I, but you know. Yeah. When we opened the up the other place, now that was everything was flat, but still, yeah, I, that was uh, what almost twenty years ago. And by God, we had somebody come over and inspect her, mm -hmm. and that was part of the inspection. Was oh you know what's yeah, your wheelchair accessibility? Oh yeah, they're dead for serious. For your bathrooms, yep. for your you know for for all your stuff. Yeah, and, uh, I felt so bad, but I I didn't know they weren't. You Look, know, accessible. she was going to get, it was a miracle when to get, get caught before that because all it takes is one person showing up in a wheelchair and then and you go, we can't get you in. You go, well, we just had uh, this year for the first time, we get uh, an email. Lady goes, hey, I'm coming with a group. I'm deaf. I will need a, a, interpreter. an interpreter. And so I contacted her, you know, email. And I said, look, you know, we don't have. We, she goes, you'll need to get one. And I'm like, <laughs> really? For one person. Point. And so, and luckily she just happened to be seated in the back of the room. She'd been in the middle of the room. I don't know what we'd have done. Mm -hmm. And we not only had to get one interpreter, we had to get two. Because an interpreter can only work for about 15, 20 minutes at a pop without a break. Really? Yes. So I had to have two interpreters switching out oh my gosh and they came they came and watched the a show beforehand um she had to pay for all that mm -hmm. and you know which it ended up costing me about i think it was about three hundred dollars oh for gosh. one person to have an interpreter and 
and I uh, I thought maybe we should just cont and now now we have at least set aside uh, some seating for hearing impaired yeah just like we have for wheelchairs you know now you have to tell us and you know and uh, but I, I, I thought maybe we can do something where we just try to do it with a group you know but I talked to the performing arts all they go oh don't open up that can of worms yeah but right. now they have it now there's artificial intelligence mm -hmm. like on your computers where you speak and I just haven't gotten it yet but they have it at the performing arts hall where as you're speaking, it comes up on the big screens. It's closed caption. Oh, closed caption. So okay. I've just got to get that in here, and that takes care of everything. That'd be you good. know, so I, uh, I did a show. And maybe opens up a new audience. On it, you know. Yeah. Well, I did a show once, and it, the half of the uh, it was a theater. Half of the theater were hearing impaired people, and so they had an interpreter on stage with me, and it was the funniest thing because. I would do it, get a laugh, and then they would interpret and get a laugh. And then at some point, I'm like, are you getting a bigger laugh with my material than I am? That's really making me angry. Maybe it's because you need to gesticulate. More. I Maybe, maybe I need to do well, more. I do this program called Special O'Laughics. I mean, this will, this will be my 11th one I've done in 15 years. And it's all it's all mentally uh, challenged adults, which, which by the way, that, that handle has changed three or four times in the 15 years I've been involved. Sure, yeah. I know it's not mentally challenged. It's intellectually something. Or yeah, something. It does. it'll but change anyway, again. But uh, anyway, it's all adults, you know, and, and at all levels. Uh, and um, so this is the first year. I just had my first group, 25 of them, that I've got a deaf guy. Mm -hmm. And he came up, never had a deaf comedian on stage. And so the interpreter came up with him. And she was like, he's deaf, I'll, I'll interpret. She goes, look, she tells everybody, of course he can't hear your laughter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you put the hands, hands in there. You gotta wave your hands. And I go, I like that. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's yep. pretty cool. Yep. You know, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll Good thing he can't hear the heckles either. No, 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 no. Can't hear any of that crap. No, it's good. Well, there's a Kathy Buckley. You've never had her? No, I never. I know of Kathy Buckley, but yeah, I've never had her. She's hearing Kathy, impaired Kathy, as well. But that's right. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Now, is Kathy totally deaf? I don't think she's totally deaf. That's what I was saying, because she can talk. She, she, yeah, but she goes to speech therapy to do it, because, you know. Right, She right. still has what she calls the deaf accent. <laughs> Very funny. That's awesome. Ron Modell's here, one of our local comics. Uh, how you doing, Ron? Doing great. So Ron, Ron is a joke teller, uh, like Jackie Martin. Love it. And it, it, he's fabulous, and Ron can tell jokes as long as you want to hear jokes. And so you texted me the other day that you have a new joke that had to do with Blue Lou Marini. Marini. From the Blues Brothers. From the Blues Brothers. Okay. All right. So what's the joke? It's, this is a... Uh, not censored in any way? No, 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 it's not censored. Oh, well. Mary Allen's show is like, but this isn't. <laughs> yeah. I'll put my hands over her ears so yeah. she doesn't have Blue to. Lou Marini was the original saxophonist on Saturday Night Live when they started, and then he became one of the Blues Brothers band. And if you saw the movie, mm -hmm. the Blues Brothers, he was in the scene with Aretha Franklin in the cafe with the long hair up on the 
did he have the beard? He, he didn't have a beard, but he had a big mustache. Big mustache. Guy, he's, yeah. a, he's a slender guy. Slender. Yeah, he's a real skinny guy. Guy, 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 guy. And I, I've known him since he was a student at North Texas back in the 60s when I was playing first trumpet in the Dallas Symphony at that time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he's been with James Taylor now for about 10 years. Wow. And anytime he gets a good joke, he always calls me right away. And uh, he said this one involved a guy walking up, knocking on the front door of a home. And the door opens, and here's an 11-year-old boy in a silk bathrobe that his father owns. He's got a lit cigar in his left hand and a drink of scotch in his right hand. And the guy says, are your folks in tonight? And the kid says, I fucking don't believe you just asked me that question. <laughs> I've heard that joke. And the, punch, the way I've heard the punchline simply, because you can tell it clean. You got, you're standing there with all that stuff and said, are your parents at home? He goes, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's easy. Right. It's hilarious. Nice. I don't know. That's a, that's a certain mind to be able to do that because I can't people always say when you're a comedian tell me a joke and I can't tell a joke to save my life there's a lot I of can't remember that them. yeah yeah and, and I remember all this in my stories and everything but I don't know for years I didn't tell out. jokes and then <clears throat> becoming a an house an MC mm-hmm. a host you burn through material yeah you, you start yeah. and so when I get a joke when somebody tells me a joke and it's a good one I kind of throw it in my rep and then I forget them you know, and and uh, but you've got about all of them. <laughs> and uh, when it goes, let me tell you it. another one I heard. I've never heard that this week. Uh, the phone rings, and a little boy's voice says, "Hello." And the boy says, "Is your mommy home? She's busy." Is your daddy home? He's busy. Is there anybody else in the house? The police. Well, can I talk to one of the police? They're busy. Anybody else there? The firemen. Can I talk to one of them? They're busy. Why are you whispering? Because I'm hiding from them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're looking for me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I have heard that one. That's a good one. Nice. I thought that was very clever. Uh, but we talked about it. We've talked about this before when I teach the comedy class. I, I so try to get them to tell jokes. You know, I go, bring, get three good jokes. And they just fight you on it. You know, they just don't, uh, no, I want to tell my story. Well, it's, okay. It's just getting used to being on stage. I know. Just getting used to standing there and a walking joke, up to the a mic. A joke's and, written for you. You mm-hmm. just have to learn how to tell it well. That gives you something that you know will work. Right. You know, but they well, generally pull it off. Well, so many of these young comics are stream of consciousness comedians, which is code for don't look for punchlines. Well, don't look for them. You know, I, I, there. I'm like, I no, we were, I, you know, with with my class, I'm like, well, when they, you know, I just open with them. I go, there's no punch there. Mm-hmm. I go, I go, I tell them, I go, it's really easy to come up with humorous ideas. We can all sit around and do that all day long. That's right. a piece of cake. It's those punch moments that are a biatch, <laughs> right? And they are hard. And that's the sport, you know, is coming up with those things. Well, it's hard because nowadays, you know, my sons and, you know, I have 15-year-old and 12-year-old, and they love the memes, right? So the, you know, the pictures and stuff. And he'll be cackling and go, Mom, look at this. And I read it, and I have 
no idea why he's laughing, what it's talking about. And I'm like, I am so, and then I'll go, okay, boomer, never mind. <laughs> and I stand there and I go, I'm not a boomer. I'm a year out. I'm the next one. <laughs> what is, what's below boomers? Gen X. Gen X? Mm-hmm. Gen X. Gen X. Well, we have, we just got a social media team started last, what, six months ago, maybe? Uh, about a year, actually. Has it been a year now? Good Lord, time prior. Since we started. So there's four of them. Time. Kevin's one of them. And, you know, so now, you know, now before we had Facebook and that was it. Now we got everything. Yeah. We're Twitter, Instagram. Me- we have a meme thing. <laughs> Thing. I don't know how and it you works. you have no idea what it's Kind of, sort of. Who do you think you are, Mike Bloomberg? You know, what is going on? No, well, you just <laughs> let them do it, you know. And then, you know, but it's fun learning about it. And what's been fun is when, uh, on t- for Twitter, Jason, who kind of is really out sending everything out and creating a lot of it, I was like, Twitter needs to kind of be coming from me or kind of look like it is or from the, you know, but I go, I'm not going to get up and I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So he'll, every once in a while, he doesn't do it every day, maybe once a week at best, he'll send over, he'll goes, this is trending right now. Okay. And then we just sit there, it's all of us on a tech, group text, and we just start shooting out stuff. And that's kind of fun. I enjoy mm-hmm. doing that. You mean like a, a trending topic? Like yes. the hashtags. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And then you put one in. Exactly. Okay, what was the last one? There was, uh, remember? Mr. The Pe- Mr. Peanut dying. I remember we talked That was one, that. Mr. Peanut dying. It was a sad passing. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It really was. Yeah, but now they got the baby. Just the shell of a man. You know, it's stuff like that. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's great. what you're... To get something, yeah. yeah. You know. Don't yeah. get too salty. Don't get too salty. <laughs> I know. It's silly. Well, you that think? would be fun. It's, you know, right exercise writing a joke with a topic right yes yeah yes good. and you're just you're just trying to come up and the, and the thing about with that is you don't have to be as spot on set up punch you know like you would on stage right you you're, know because they're because people are reading it they're not yeah. hearing it and, and they're yeah. not and they're not just not as particular I guess because mm-hmm. see what'll happen is we'll throw a bunch of them. we'll send we'll start shooting them over to Jason and he'll start posting, and then he'll let us know which ones seem to get the most attention. Right. And uh, lots of times I'm amazed. It's not the funniest usually. It might be the one that's just interesting, uh-huh. or you know. But so it's a different kind of thing. Sometimes it's just the picture that it's you know that the words are superimposed over mm-hmm. that gets people. You know, and any. I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm too old. I'm too old. I have no idea. Most okay, of this stuff. Okay, boomer. I know. You can call me that. I was born in 1957, so I guess I am right in the middle of the boomers. I know where my parents were doing. Oh, yeah. yeah when my dad came back from the Second World War. We know what happened there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, sir. But it's a kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, we didn't for so long. And then I was like, if we don't start doing something... We are setting ourselves up for a competitor to come in here that knows what they're doing and kick our ass. Mm-hmm. Because luckily, print and television and radio are still viable in this market because our because our our demographic is boomers. Right. You right. know, 
But it, but when you're going after twenty and thirty somethings, they, they don't that you can't market that way. Well, and you only have four seconds to get their attention. You know. So it's although like... <laughs> I just read something recently that Hello. that that's changing. I hope it, it, it is. There's a there's long form. You know that they're not looking for as quick as uh, uh, like you would think. It's not a, not a short term, short attention span theater. And there's Pod, another podcasts are an example of that as well. Exactly, exactly. Because we were talking about with this podcast, we were talking about that we we did about what five or six of them before we started the release. Mm-hmm. So we would have five or six in the can. In case we had a week that we weren't doing it, blah, well, we run through our inventory, and now we're week to week. Right. So we're only a weekly podcast, so if we miss a week, we just don't have one that week. Right. And so we were trying to think of different ways to create more content, more ways to do the conversation in different formats. And then I mentioned, why don't we just, because this is usually at least, we get, we get minimum 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. Mm-hmm. And I go, why don't we just make them 20 minutes? Yeah. And they go, eh, that, the average, we pulled it up. The average podcast is about 40, uh, about 30, four, I think it was 35 30, to 40 minutes yeah. is the average podcast. So that's the expectation <clears throat> of someone who listens to podcasts mm-hmm. is that it's going to be at least that long. That's funny. And, and there was also the point of if we break it up, well, then part one, part two, or whatever, then lots of times what we're talking about in the first 20 minutes, it, it'll come back up later on in the next 30 minutes, but maybe not till 10, 15 minutes in, something comes back from the conversation before, okay. and then it won't make sense. There's no continuity to it. Yeah, yeah. that makes So yeah. it's like if, yeah. But, but yeah, but we just digest the longer form of it, not the short what we thought was going to be happening and I mean also look at the way we, we watch television shows instead of movies now two hours is too long but we can watch an entire season in a night you know we'll binge a whole a whole series uh, yeah I know I'm, yeah because <laughs> right now I'm a, that I can't thing where it starts immediately after yep. mm-hmm. and you can't stop it <laughs> and once you're in yeah. you're you, in you're in you're like oh it just started. I can't watch the new season of Better Call Saul yet my wife will kill me if I watch it without her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's certain, there isn't that many programs because that's the way she taught, you know, in her mind. It's like, well, there's so few things that you and I actually do together. So this is a program I can actually tolerate that we both like. So, you know, we've, so there you go. So now. Pam and I are like that with with, uh, Homeland. Oh. And this will be the last Homeland. Right, right. You know, and, uh. We watch This Is Us. Mark and I like that one. This, this, My uh, wife watches that. Now, This Is Us is on <laughs> network television, That's right. right? Yeah, yeah, so you can't binge it. You have to wait. It's right. old school. Right, right. <laughs> and that, yeah. that I've not gotten yeah. into it. Pam's watched it some, and she goes, she goes, you like it. She likes it. It's really good. Yeah. yeah we stopped yeah. watching that program after watching since they started, but this is the first year we stopped because it became such a downer. There was no happiness in that show. If you think about it's all too the realistic. Every, yeah, <laughs> I mean, everything was a downer. Yeah. And I don't want a downer. Yeah, there's happy <laughs> There's moments. enough going on yeah. in life. <laughs> right? Do you find, do you, 
Because usually, think no, about I find, it. I find every humor, kid. But no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. They're all in some kind of different it's downer a, it's a situation. It's, yeah. It's uh, more drama. Than I'm even in worse shape. I watch. I watch what I call the Murder Channel, oh. Discovery ID. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch that channel, you start looking at everyone you see <laughs> with suspicion. Like right now, Les, you see, you're a, probably a pretty nice guy. Look, but you I'm f- white. <laughs> I'm, I'm a white boomer. We're killers. We're, we're serial killers. With golf clubs. I was going to say. We're the golf clubs. We're serial killers. An FBI profiler would put you in a category that I would have to avoid. Well, you know, I always have to kid Pam, and I've heard other uh, friends of mine's wives that love CSI yeah. or, you know, some of those series, and there's that one it's not CSI, I don't think. There's the one where it's all serial killers. Mm. Yeah. It's every yeah. time it's a yeah. serial killer, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's always on like an hour before you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, this is what you go to bed to. It's terrible. And I go, and Pam's like, she loves. It. She goes, but to her, she goes, they always catch them. I go, yeah. There's been a couple that they haven't caught, remember? And they came back. In your dreams. And they killed the guy's family, remember that, you know? And they're lurking in our shrubs. We don't go to bed like that. We we have a mom, we'll watch a mom, or we'll watch an Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm -hmm. We'll watch something that... Upbeat, yeah. Yeah. I'll watch Colbert. Well, it, well, mom is about alcoholics and recovery. Yeah, but they're funny. Yeah. They're funny. It's they're all funny. They're a mess. Yeah, the dysfunctional mom. You know, one of the big shocks for me was my youngest son, Joshua, was for years with The Onion. Have you read The Onion? Oh, sure. I yeah. see. I'll get tricked every once in a while. Yeah. Go, oh, The Onion. Never mind. He, he was the I head. don't have to be so angry. <laughs> he was the head of the most popular thing on Onion called the AV section, the audiovisual. They were getting like a million five hundred hits every month. Wow. And then he became senior vice president. Nice. Now, he's left them about two years ago, but I told Joshua a joke one day when he was about 34. And everybody had always laughed at this joke, and he looked at me, and I, that was my first realization that there is a generational gap mm-hmm. in humor. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. And that you can't tell really, really funny jokes from our time. And I'll tell you the joke that I told him. It was about a young Afro-American couple about Well, there's there you go. started right there. <laughs> <laughs> and we see why. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Archer. Archer. Using the AA phrase. Well, anyway, um, he was about to do it, and she looked up at him, and she said, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't having none of your babies. He said, well, what do do I got to do? She said, you you got to get one of them little rubber things. He said, what do you call it, and where do I get it? She said, you go to the drugstore, and it's something like Kodachrome. I don't know. So he got dressed and left, came back 20 minutes later, had a black eye, a bloody nose, it was all disheveled. She said, what happened to you? He said, well, I went to the drugstore, like you said, and I asked the man for some Kodachrome, and he said, what size is your brownie? And I whipped it out, and that's when the trouble started. <laughs> there you go. My and son had never brownie. heard of a brownie camera. Yeah. Well, not only that, but those jokes to the younger audience is racist. Right. Yeah. Today. Absolutely. 
because you're basically making black people out to be stupid and it's, it's in, reinforcing a stereotype it's reinforcing the stereotype yeah. things that when we grew up were just not I mean it's watching um, uh, uh, Norman Lear the other night yeah. and, uh, and he was you know, oh when they did, redid the Archie Bunker Archie with, with, the, with the new actor and, and he goes and the Jack, he goes we couldn't get away with half the stuff we did back then nowadays. We couldn't touch it. Blazing no Saddles way. would never have been Blazing in Saddles, he goes, no way. Never no would have made it. No way could we get no, away with it. Couldn't that. do it. You know, I, like uh, uh, Ron had a joke that had each race of kid in, in a classroom. Yeah. And your black kid was Leroy. And, and I told him, I went, you, you can't, can't use Leroy. Nation. Make him Nashon or DeMarcus or something, but you can't use Leroy anymore. You know, it, 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 but see, that's, and you know, I've noticed that over the years, whenever, every once in a while, I'll get a comic in that's, you know, my, my, my generation, Billy, you're, you're our generation. Yes, please. And, <laughs> and, uh, and they'll do some jokes that they, they don't get why they just laid flat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I go, I go, those jokes are racist now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't walk that. Mm-hmm. Or, or a gender, there's gender oh, stuff yeah. that I'll sure. see comics, do, older comics do, and I go, no, can't man, <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Or gay, gay, you know, homosexual humor stuff, certain stuff on that. As a matter of fact, one comic comes in, uh, John DeCrosta. He gets away with more, yeah. that, but he does he does these wild ass characters right. that so are just really fun. So it never has an offensive. So it's like a, it's like it. a ventriloquist. It's the dummy saying everything. Yeah. That's right. Exactly, you, yeah. and that's what John will actually say. I got people in my head, and they won't shut up. You know, and that kind of thing. Well, but you, yeah. well you got the Don Rickles exception. Yes. Which is to say that 99% of the comedians, even in his era, couldn't get away with That's the right. stuff that Don Rickles did just because of who he was and the, the you know, the way he constructed. I mean, yeah, I'd seen him live and it, I saw the audiences him, loved him. But. I saw him die on The Tonight Show. Really? He yeah. came back at, uh, after being gone for a while and he was doing his jokes and no one was laughing. And you could see, you know, because we see... The flops what? We see <laughs> the eyes going, what? Is going on? Why aren't these getting a laugh? Was that under Leno or with or, or with Rickles. Fallon? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Because Fallon used to have him on too, and so did Camel. Well, he's one of those guys who kind of went out of style and then came back. But, but then he figured it out. Yes. It was when he had just come back. You going and, out? I'm gonna go get my seat. All right, Ron. Looking forward so much. Thanks, honey. Well. All right, we'll see you later. We'll see you later. I can't remember if it was Leno. Maybe it was Leno. So yeah, because there was like. He had like a resurgence there. There was a part where he kind of almost disappeared. You got it, Ron. Okay. Um, the uh, the because um, I know that I had seen Rickles when the new guys when I think uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel had him on first, right, yeah. right, a couple of times, and Kimmel's perfect for him. Yeah. Because he can he can. He can comment on things, you know, if they're if and, if it and, doesn't work, and if it doesn't work, right, right. And then I believe he, then I believe everybody had him. On. I'm sure they all did. And he did great because I think from what I saw, those those hosts, they knew they needed to set him up right. to the younger crowd. They, they needed to intro him in a way to let right. them know. And mm-hmm. then as they were going, you know, they they. Uh, 
they were cool with being the foil and you know I think that happens with certain comics think about George Burns I mean it when I was young George Burns was part of that really outdated comedy form and you well, know, George Burns was always a straight man to Gracie. He was right, never really but, a comic. But, but after, per se. but he was huge back in the 30s oh, yeah. and 40s. I mean, the radio show was yeah. huge, yeah. and all of that. And then by the time I'm a kid in the early 60s, George Burns was kind of, kind of old. You know, part of that old group of comics. And then you know, of course, as he as you know his longevity he just basically came right back into style again and people just loved him well as a comic actor more you yeah. know he guys started getting the movies started yeah, getting oh in films and i think that's what, what probably him helped, back sure. up you know uh, uh when he when he was at a really uh advanced age but yeah i think that i mean he always said gracie was the show i was just lucky to have married her yeah, you she know, was such a screwball. She was, yeah. she was the one. All I had to do was stand in there and feed her a line every now and then smoke a cigar. Yeah. You know? So funny. And, uh, yeah, but... Uh, but there's a certain yes. amount of skill... There's a skill set for being a straight man. The, oh. The Bud Abbots of the world are underappreciated. Well, yeah. when Dick's mother lives here, and Dick comes in all the time, and, and, uh, and, and Dick and Tommy are... You know, I, I had them on stage for the last time. That was, oh, that I worked was just with them. the greatest awesome. thing ever to know that this is probably going to be their last time to ever perform. Did and you have the cameras going then? Nope. How oh. long, how long Tommy ago? Tommy wouldn't. They went July. Oh, so just recently. Yeah. What happened was, you know, they've been retired for 15 years. And... Uh, and Tommy's out in California uh, with the winery. on the winery. Yep. And Dick's here. And... Uh, Dick started coming to the club, and then and he and he loves he loves coming. He loves talking to people, you know. And so after one of the shows, he comes up. He goes, God, that was such a funny show. He goes, Man, I gotta hand it to you guys. I just don't know how you do it. And I'm going, Huh? <laughs> he goes, He goes, I've never been alone on stage. Oh, yeah. Never, and neither and. Tommy tried it once and it didn't go well. No. So we've always other. been a team. I've always been the straight man. He goes, I'd love to do it sometime. I go, hey, man. I said, let's, uh, I said, I guarantee there's a half a dozen comics around here that would love to sit down here one afternoon, three or four afternoons, write you some material. We get you a little five, ten minute set where you can get up anywhere, you know, that'll work for you. Love to do it. He goes, don't you teach a class? I go, yeah. He goes, I'll just come to the class. So in walks Dick Smothers oh with 12 God. people off the damn street. And they all know it's Dick Smothers. And they're like, oh, my God. And then the night I brought him up, he did the student show. Did he? Wow. Yes. Nice. And, the night, and take the balls. You know what I mean? To go, he had nothing to gain by doing that. And, and really, a lot of celebrities of his stature would figure everything to lose. I could look bad, you know, da da da, -da. He took a chance. But yeah. that proves his love of the art form. You yes. Know what I mean? that, Their timing was yeah. amazing. Oh, incredible. So the uh, that night when I brought him up, I put him in the middle. Nobody knew he was going. Nobody knew he was in the room. And I said, I said, everybody who's just gone up has the luxury of anonymity. I said, this next guy doesn't. He will come with expectations. But I want you to remember, this is his first time doing stand-up alone, too. Same as everybody else. And then when I announced him, 
he came. He came. The complete standing ovation as soon as he walked on stage. Nice. High expectations. Yes. So then he he kept hoping that Tommy might want to perform again, but Tommy's pretty much done with it. And then that Comedy Hall of Fame that's up in Jamestown, New York. Oh yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to induct him. And part of the induction is, I guess they have about a 1,500-seat theater. Oh, yeah. And it was, uh, and they would be there with a few other inductees and somebody from NPR and Q&A. And you can perform if you want to, whatever. And so he said, look, Tommy will do it, but he wants to, he wants to do it before that at, at your place. We're comfortable at your place. And you be on stage with us and be the NPR guy. Okay. And and boy, they were. I, it was so wild, especially Tommy. Just how like nervous. I mean, I thought just like, and then you go, you guys. But as soon as as soon as the show started, Tommy lit up and funny as ever. Man, and that was the greatest thing to watch those guys. And halfway in, Tommy brings out the damn yo-yos. Oh my God! Yes. You know, and he yeah, he's the Duncan yo-yo guy. The man, he's flipping them yo-yos around like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, he, they were the awesome. I, he was. Um, I did a show with them at a big theater, and uh, I started talking to Tommy. And once he realized that I really, actually, every Sunday night watched their show, and I had mentioned about really loving an episode where it actually wasn't on their show I think it was on the Glenn Campbell show but they did a satellite feed the Beatles were debuting a song and um, they did a live satellite feed and they were all sitting on pillows and it was the Beatles along with Tommy Smothers Timothy Leary was there oh yeah so was Mick Jagger yeah it was very very famous thing and he told me a great story. Tommy goes, I'm sitting there. Cause Tommy's a great guitar player. And yeah. Tom's strumming the guitar, doing scales and stuff before they go live. Lennon, he says, Lennon turns to me and he goes, all right, when we go live, none of that fancy shit. <laughs> and I just, I love talking to You know, to when Tommy, he tried stand-up for the first time, it, it, Tommy did. Just, he wanted to do it. And he, it was while the television show was at its height during the you know, second year. <laughs> there were only three. And uh, so he got his writers. They put together what they thought was an hour-long set. He goes up to do it, and he burns through his material in 15 minutes. Oh, no. So all he can do is talk to the audience. So he's really encouraging the audience to talk to him. So then the year and a half goes by. show gets canned for all the reasons everybody knows, right? So they're back touring. So their first night, they're at some famous club in New York. And, uh, and and they're opening night. Harry Nielsen and John Lennon are out drinking. And Harry goes, oh, back in those and days. Harry goes, the Smothers Brothers are opening over here. And Lennon's like, those guys are great. I love what they, he says. Let's go support them. And they're, and they're loaded. So they walk in. And as soon as they walk in the room, Lennon starts yelling at them, starts, heck, starts heckling. Starts yelling, <laughs> right? And they're like, they, nobody knows how to handle it. You know, how do you tell John Lennon to shut up? How do you kick John <laughs> Ask Lennon Yoko. out? Exactly. <laughs> so eventually what happened was three or four guys got up and threw him out, threw John Lennon out. 
They, they, they didn't care he was John. Well, those days were, were notorious. Those they were there to see the show. Here's what happened. Harry Nelson was at his stand, his first stand-up show, and he told Lennon, he goes, I saw Tommy do stand-up, and he loves for the crowd to talk to him. Because he saw him bomb, and he had, to, and he thought, "Oh, that's so." Lennon thought that's he was helping the show. Oh, all hecklers think they're helping the show. <laughs> they all think that. So listen, that one is not uh, the truth. I'll go up first. You, I'll bring you up second. Okay. Then while I'm up, they can get the ramp and everything set up for Mr. Brett Leak over in the corner. And uh, do you and have a light we'll here? We do. And not only, I'll get the light, but not only that, when you look, when you're standing on stage and you look just up in the ceiling, mm -hmm. yeah. there's a 42-inch flat screen right up there okay. that has a clock and a counter. Oh, great. So you can just look up there at any point in time and go, oh, it's been up 20 minutes. Okay, it, so it'll yeah, count it down? Up. It'll it count down. It counts, counts up. up. So when it gets to 45, I'm good. Yeah, So and then what they'll do is usually... Uh, if you want a five minute or what, you can let us know. Do you want a five minute? Do you want a ten minute? Do you want a one minute light? Okay. They'll give you a light, and also the the numbers are white. They'll go red. Okay. At that point. Okay. Yeah. Five is good. Five's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Great. And so I'm just doing ten minutes, so a one yeah. minute light or whatever. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Probably. This is fun. I should probably uh, empty my bladder. A man my, a man my age. You it's can. a miracle I sat through this as long as I did without having to excuse myself. It's not bad. Not too bad. That's not too bad. Oh, you're, you're wrong.